Sports Scene with Greg Bicaveros is now on the Odyssey app and odyssey.com. Now, it's time for Sports Scene with Greg Bicaveros. Here's your host, Greg Bicaveros. And welcome to Sports Scene with Greg Bicaveros, available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and social media. We've had him on Sports Scene over the years. We've had him on Sports Highlights. Let's welcome Tony Lombardi from Russell Street Report. Tony, how are you? I'm doing well, Greg. Thanks for having me. Give us your full title. You've had so many different uh, different tweets and, and shows over the years. What exactly is your main theme today? The My main focus is Russell Street Report, which covers the Ravens. We've been – actually, this is our 20th season, Greg. So we've been, we've been at it for quite a while. And we focus on the Ravens, <laughs> cover the salary cap, cover free agency, cover the – the X's and O's with some film study and whatnot. So we, we dive pretty deeply into the Ravens, and it's RussellStreetReport.com. Yeah, I've known you for 20 years, too. I've been uh, working Ravens games at least one a year since uh, 2003, so I've known you pretty much that entire span. Well, let's get right into it. First of all, let's talk about all the uh, coaching vacancies. I guess I'm a little surprised by Belichick, not too surprised. I figured he'd maybe do one more year, and then Vrabel at Tennessee. Those are the two biggest surprises, in my opinion. Well, those. it looked like Belichick was going to be moving on for a while. It just it, it, it just seemed to be falling apart. There, there needs to be a change of... I guess the way they run their personnel in New England, it's been they've been struggling with that for a while. So they needed to have you know some new personnel guys in there. And Bill is a guy that has had such control for such a long period of time that you wonder if he's ready to relinquish those GM duties. So I think a change was kind of you know teed up there. As the one that surprised me the most is Pete Carroll mm-hmm. in Seattle. That was a shocker to me because it doesn't sound like if you listen to Pete's interview that he really wanted to move on. I think he had some unfinished business. I know he's, what, like 73 or 74, but he still has the energy of a 60-year-old man. So I think that that was the most shocking one of them all. Yeah, here's the thing that those two, Belichick and Carroll, are going to be facing. They're both in their 70s, and who's going to want to hire them for one or two years, maybe three, then start all over again? That's going to be the biggest thing. Now, I did post on Facebook this morning, it's ironic that Belichick was born in Nashville, and of course the Titans have an opening. I don't know how that will play out, but still, he might want to go back home again. You never know. I did not know that Belichick was born in Nashville because Everybody keeps talking about how he's from Annapolis. Mm-mm. Born in Nashville. Interesting. But, you know, I, I think you're, you're right on, you're on point with the them being of the age that they are and, you know, what kind of regime are they going to introduce to a new club? I think that they would almost have to have a succession plan in place at the very start. Right. But, um, you know, you have to remember, all those that have power are afraid to lose it. Belichick, of course, like you said, he had all the power there for 24 years, won several Super Bowls, and, of course, really didn't listen to anybody, didn't have to. And, of course, uh, Kraft gave him total uh, power as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I'm pretty sure one job he's not going to take is the University of Alabama. <laughs> and that's his good friend, too, as well. Saban, right. I mean, just so many different um, – you know, openings, but we mentioned um, Belichick and Carroll, both in the 70s, so there are no spring chickens, and you have to wonder, I mean, you might see a team take a chance, you know, the 
the commanders supposedly like Belichick a lot, but um, you know, Belichick, like we said, is in his seventies. How many people like to move in the first place, let alone has been set in the community there in Massachusetts. And you have to really wonder, I mean, you know, once you play it all out, he could still do TV, although he's never glib on his press conferences, but still, you know, he might not want to do the grind anymore. We really never know because he's extremely private. This is true. And and I'll add one other thing too, that, he has some family. His son is, is married to a girl in the Baltimore area, and they've been living in New England. But if they were to move closer to Baltimore, I think that would probably give them some comfort for you know how they manage their family and their young children. Yeah, I look at that, too. You know, when Shanahan came to Washington, that was great, too. He won a couple Super Bowls, but it never really panned out. So just because you go to a team, the problem with Washington is the culture. But, um, yeah, proximity, of course. You know, he likes lacrosse. He goes to the Naval Academy a lot. So you never know. But, again, it's Father Time, and Father Time doesn't have any defeats at all. That's true. All right, let's get right to the Ravens here. Of course, they're off this week. Well-deserved. They went 13-4. and but had a great season. Everything seems to be clicking. But as you know, Tony, as a longtime observer of the Ravens, they have not had a great postseason after they won the Super Bowl in 2012. From 2013 to 22, there were a lot of misses, and there were also a lot of first-round exits. No question. Even like back to Joe Flacco, the couple of years that you know they seemed to be doing okay offensively, the defense failed them with injuries at cornerback and whatnot. I, I remember the one game, I think it was in 2014, or at least the 2014 season, they were up in New England. They had Twice they had two touchdown leads and blew both leads to, to lose that game. So, And in the Lamar Jackson era, I think that they're one and three in the playoffs. And, you know, that's something that sticks in Lamar's crawl. It's something that he's heard. He's heard all of those criticisms, and that's serves as a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove all those naysayers wrong to show that he's developed as a quarterback and that his game translates better now to the postseason than it did before. I think you're exactly right. And all the talk of MVP, you can kind of tell by his body language, it really doesn't mean anything to him. He's going to be focused on who they're going to play next week. And as a fan of the team and even observers of the team, you have to admire that in a guy. Here's the entire country's throwing all these accolades at him and how great he's been in, in 2023, and he's not listening to a single one of those people. He's just focused on winning the Super Bowl, and it harkens back to that when Deion Sanders took him aside after the Ravens made him the 32nd pick in the 2018 draft and asked him a few questions, and he said, he, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me, you can believe that, so... Uh, that's something that just burns in Lamar, and until he hoists that Lombardi trophy, I don't think he'll be satisfied with anything he does on the field. We're talking to Tony Lombardi from Russell Street Report. This is Sports Team with Greg Bigavaris on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and social media. And, of course, he did play one year with Joe Flacco, who's now doing a great job with the Browns late in his career. How ironic is that? Flacco did win the Super Bowl, and he's still in the postseason himself. He's in a really good situation. That, that's almost a perfect fit for Joe because, you know, what, what did Joe always do? It was the play action, the, that having that running game to support the passing game was always something that he, you know, thrived in, that kind of atmosphere. And, and then he also is complemented by a really good defense. So he, he's in a really good spot. And it almost seems to be like a Disney-like film, Greg, that Joe Flacco is going to end up in Baltimore to play for the AFC Championship somehow. 
You never know, too. But, uh, of course, uh, the Browns needed some positive news. They had a lot of bad news, as you know, with their quarterback situation off the field the last few years. So this is really good news. And, of course, the Steelers made it. Three teams in the AFC North did make it. They're taking on the Bills. Short trip there. Of course, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions. That'll be interesting to see how that quarterback reunion takes place over there and of course the Eagles and the Buccaneers but the one game that's getting a lot of criticism because it's on Peacock on a Saturday night with two of the hottest teams over the course of the season of course the Ravens took care of the Dolphins but the Chiefs and the Dolphins on a network streaming network that has low visibility not many people even know it Peacock of course you know NBC has that Peacock logo that's not all people even know about this Amazon has been 50-50 Tony as far as audio and video in my concern it's not been great stellar broadcasting but uh, this is going to be interesting a high profile game at night you know people might not want to go to a bar and they're stuck maybe not able to watch it yeah i think i saw that 9% of the country has the Peacock app that's that's <laughs> So 91% of the country does not. And I know they're trying to entice people to do it. You can cancel a week later without any charge. But I think it's that America in general just doesn't like to give up their credit card information for something they're going to cancel anyway. They don't trust it. And this is a – I mean, the the thing I'm hearing most from fans is that hasn't the NFL made enough money? Do they have to keep gouging fans that have supported them all year long? And you're in the business. I mean, I'd be interested in your take on this. Well, it's over $100 million for this uh, type game. I mean, the networks make billions of money on TV deals, not to mention the playoffs are a cash cow, but they want to put a high-profile game. It's ironic. Taylor Swift is a fan of the Chiefs, her significant other. We won't say how they're husband, wife, whatever. I don't like saying false information. Let's just say her boyfriend plays for the Chiefs. But, Tony, the weather is going to be sub-freezing. It's going to be like in the low teens, low-digit numbers. What fan in their right mind would want to be out there for four to five hours at night sitting idle? I mean, that's just scary. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, but it it harkens back to the the classic games. Think about the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers in the ice bowl at Lambeau Field. So it, there's some like, there's a historical connection with those kinds of games. So I, I'm, I happen to have a peacock, so I will be watching the game. But you know, Greg, when you mentioned the bars and whatnot, I don't know that all bars even have that app. And you might think that, you know, you're walking to any bar and there's a TV, there's going to be a football game on, but it might not be because they might not have that app or maybe they, they charge more for that app for a public establishment. So all those things are at risk right now and they're forcing fans to buy this app if they really want to watch the game. Yeah, Peacock is paying a reported $110 million to the NFL for the right to stream, repeat, stream Saturday's playoff game. So we'll see how that evolves. Most of the bars have Amazon. I'm not a big fan of Amazon. I saw one game this year on Amazon. But this will be interesting, like you said, low a uh, profile peacock carrying a big profile game. We'll see how they handle it, but I agree with you. Amazon, particularly like their their pregame and halftime crew, uh, I'm not a big fan of how, with their presentation on Amazon at all. No, really, not to me, not network level. In your opinion, who is John Harbaugh looking at now? His brother just won the national championship. Congratulations to Jim. Obviously, the entire family is a great family tree. I've met his parents before at a Ravens game. But who does he look to play against? What, he, what is he scouting right now? 
Well, they, they're familiar with most of the teams in the playoff games, having played most of them. But, you know, they, they look at, like, the Texans, for instance. The Texans could very well be playing in Baltimore next week if they happen to knock off the Browns. And if they do, the Texans team that they'll see is a lot different than the one they opened up with in the 2023 season. So they're probably spending a little bit of time you know, focusing in on those guys, see how that offense has evolved with C.J. Stroud. So, you know, what they're going to be ready for is anybody. I, I just think this team has a really nice blend of young talent and veteran leadership, guys like OBJ, guys like Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy. They all bring some kind of measure of leadership, and they've been there before, that helps this team, I think, become a stronger, a stronger mindset on the team as they approach these playoff games than they had in the past. Yeah, this weekend there are six games, including Monday. Next week, of course, obviously we're down to the final four, of course, before the uh, championship round. But uh, I kind of wonder where the Ravens will play at, uh, Tony, Saturday or Sunday. My gut feeling is Sunday because I know CBS has a college basketball game at noon on the 21st, but you never know what network might pick it up. You're right. And so I think that – I mean, what I generally look at it is the Ravens have had all this time off, so maybe they slot them in on a Saturday. But I think they also have to be mindful out of fairness to the team that they play. If a team played on Sunday and they play them, you know, why force them to play on a Saturday on short on a short week and not you know fully rested? I think that's an unfair advantage. Yeah, not to mention the NFC team, the Eagles and the Buccaneers. They're playing Monday night, so they're even going to have a right. a shorter break. But um, overall, as far as uh, the Ravens' great year, it seems like Harbaugh is just with all these coaching vacancies. It seems like he has no desire to uh, step down or retire or go into the sunset, even if he does win the Super Bowl. No, I think that John just enjoys it too much. He's been, I would say he's the straw that stirs the drink of the culture that the Ravens have, and it's quite an enjoyable culture for both veterans and young guys. You you never hear anybody say things badly about the Ravens, even former Ravens that maybe guys that were considering coming to the Ravens, they'll consult with those guys to see, you know, what was your experience like in Baltimore? And it's pretty much unanimously a positive experience, and I think John's, you know, center point, you know, with, with that kind of thing, because I think that he's, he just invites this family-like atmosphere that the players attach themselves to. Not only does he have the players in mind, he has their families in mind. That goes a long way with the players. Great personality, and he wins. He, he wins. I know he wants to evolve deeper in the playoffs. You know, Billick won a Super Bowl, too, and you don't hear much about him at all anymore. But people always talk about the Steelers, three coaches. Of course, there were coaches before Chuck Knoll. But the Ravens have only had three coaches in their history as well. Right, right. It was March Broda, Billick, and now John Harbaugh. And, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, a succession plan for John. What's, what's going to be the future for him? I just think he's just got coaching in his veins, Greg. And I don't know that he's going to let go of that anytime soon. But, you know, the, there's some people, there's some fans, even media guys, that really like Mike McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinator. He's one of those young, upstart guys, really intelligent, very analytical, you know, modern-day thinking to the NFL and he's being courted by a few other teams right now. So that's something that, you know, people were saying, can they structure some sort of graduation plan for Mike McDonald, similarly to what they did with Eric DaCosta when he was the understudy for Ozzie Newsom as the GM. But I don't think the coaches and GM's positions work quite the same way. So I think that's a difficult thing for McDonald to do. But I will say this, as McDonald goes to another organization, he's going to want to have an organization that has a lot of the things that the Ravens have because 
it just creates stability. It creates a, a family culture, and, and it helps to have you know invite people to become part of that culture. So he's going to want to have a strong organization if he's going to make that move because I think he already knows that if if he wants to hang around as the defensive coordinator, that job will be his at some point in time as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and of course, obviously help with that culture too, but. Uh, Harbaugh is only 61. He's very young compared to some of these coaches that have uh, been uh, released or let go or moving on, whatever. And speaking of defense, how about uh, your former defensive guy there, Wink Martindale? All types of drama with the Giants. I mean, we've all worked around toxic people, Tony, but obviously there was no love lost there. Yeah, that's an interesting situation. I know that the Ravens handled that a little bit differently. I don't think there was as much toxicity in the Ravens you know, and Wink uh, parting ways. But, you know, Wink is really tight with the Ryans, and we know that they can be combustible personalities. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that, that Wink, you know, not only in, in his personality, but also in the way he coaches is very similar to the Ryans. So, you know, I'm not shocked by this. You know, when I heard that the two def- uh, he had two defensive assistants that were let go, I don't think that was his doing, and that probably ticked him off a little bit too. Yeah, there was already some fire and ice during the season. People were asking Dayball, who, in my opinion, has done a really good job the uh, last couple of years, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Your final thoughts on Wild Card Weekend? Well, you know, there's always seems to be a an upset or two, Greg. And, you know, I look at, you know, if you look at the games, the, the Browns and the Texans, I think the Texans are a different team than they were when the Browns played them earlier this year. I could very well see the Texans winning that game. The game in Kansas City – you know, the Chiefs, you always want to think that they're this team that they used to be, but they're not. Uh, but Miami is so banged up. I just can't see them with all the nicks and bruises that they have going into Kansas City and winning. And, and then you've got the Eagles and the, and the Bucks. I don't know what the Eagles team is anymore. It seems like they're falling apart, so that game could go either way. The Cowboys and the Packers, I think, is a really interesting one because the Packers are really starting to develop some confidence. I think some of their strengths play to the Cowboys' weaknesses. And I think that's going to be a really close game. I do, I do think Dallas will prevail, but I think it'll be a lot closer than most people think. What, what am the, I leaving out? What, what about the Steelers-Bills? Oh, Steelers-Bills, I, I don't think that's a game at all. I, I think that the Bills will just skull-drag those guys. I think it could be something like 31-10. to 10. But, you know, congratulations to Tomlin to getting them in that position. And finally, the Rams and Lions quarterback swap there. Yeah, that's a, that's a real interesting game, too. And... and the Lions, you never know what you're going to get with them because you never know what you're going to get from Jared Goff in a big game. Sometimes he lays an egg, sometimes he plays well. But I think the Rams are a sleeper this, this season. They're, they've really come on lately. They've got some young guys back that are performing well. They're running games there. They're passing games there. Stafford has been on fire. I know you said you were at the Rams-Ravens game. Mm-hmm. He was insanely good that game. I mean, just no-look passes and, and just dropping dime after dime. I think that the Rams could take out the Lions because obviously Stafford's comfortable playing in that environment. And not to mention it was rain and bad weather. The Ravens generally play in you know, bad weather in December and January. Tony, all the best to you, my friend. Happy New Year to you and your family, and um, good luck with everything at the Russell Street Report. Leave us with all your Twitter and social media. Well, on Twitter you can find me at RSR Lombardi, and you can find our website at Russell Street Report. It's Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L. ST report, and that's where you can find most of our articles. We we distribute them all the time on Twitter. Same uh, uh, acronyms for uh, Instagram as well. Tony, all the best to you, my friend, and we will talk to you down the road. Thanks so much for having me, Greg.
My pleasure. Tony Lombardi from Russell Street Report. Stay tuned. Sakura Sushi Bar is now open in Virginia Beach. For one-of-a-kind dining experience, Sakura and Red Mill is a favorite of locals and tourists. Tasty sushi prepared fresh for you, as well as delicious entrees from the kitchen. This is the go-to place for sushi lovers. Enjoy lunch and dinner daily with some refreshing cocktails and adult beverages. Sakura Sushi Bar is located at 2137 Upton Drive and is open daily. Call 757-522-7288 and enjoy your next meal at Sakura Sushi Bar at Red Mill Commons. Matney Gallery consults for museum acquisitions and investment art for private and public collections in Virginia and elsewhere. They are specialists in Southern art and photography, international contemporary, and Virginia colleges. For more, log on to lindamatneygallery.com. Mi Hogar is your restaurant for the finest Mexican cuisine in Hampton Roads. At Mi Hogar, everything is prepared fresh in a casual and comfortable atmosphere. Enjoy traditional favorites such as quesadillas, tacos, burritos, and fajitas, as well as refreshing beverages. Mi Hogar is located at 4201 Granby Street and is a tradition in Norfolk. Call 640-7705 and log on to MiHogarMexicanRestaurant.com. At Mi Hogar, there's something for everyone. Outback Steakhouse in Kempsville and Virginia Beach open daily for lunch and dinner. Mike and the staff will take good care of you. Burgers, steaks, salads, appetizers, desserts, and much more. Great atmosphere, nice bar, spacious dining room. 1255 Fordham Drive in Virginia Beach. Thank you for listening to Sports Scene. Always great to connect at Greg Bick on YouTube. That's G-R-E-G-B-I-C. Subscribe. Also, Greg Bick on Twitter as well. For more, go to gjbtv.com, hrsmhof.com, and hamptonroadsonlinemall.com. Also, connect with me on LinkedIn, Greg Bicavaris, and also Facebook, Greg Bicavaris as well. Sports team with Greg Bicavaris is on the Odyssey app and odyssey.com. Thank you. At Mihogar Restaurant in Norfolk, they have Mexican pozole chicken or pork soup. It is delicious at Mihogar. Hi, this is Greg Bickavaris inviting you to listen to my podcast Sports Scene by going to YouTube and typing Greg Bick. That's G-R-E-G-B-I-C. Sports Scene is an informative interview show featuring local, regional, and nationally acclaimed guests. We do a fun segment called What Tees Me Off as well. For more, log on to gjbtv.com, subscribe to Greg Bick on YouTube, and follow me on Twitter at Greg Bick. Sports Scene with Greg Bickavaris is on the Odyssey app and odyssey.com. So, what's Greg's problem? I'm very mad! God, I'm so mad right now! I know you're mad. I know you're upset. It's time for what teased Greg off. All right, what teased me off from our good friends at Chick-fil-A in Chesapeake and Edinburgh. Go by and see Patty right there for great breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, of course, the great chicken sandwich, salads, soups, great dessert, something for everyone at Chick-fil-A in Edinburgh, open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner Monday through Saturday. Can people who hide behind holidays and use it as an excuse? Oh, yeah, they're just uh, kicking the holiday can down the road. Get in touch with me later. We all have to work extra no matter what job we do. God forbid bankers work at 501 Monday through Thursday looking at you like, why are you walking in here at 450? And they get absolutely every holiday, even ones you haven't heard of. Absolutely. Sorry, we're closed today. Yeah. You know, Ken, we all have those pens that run out of ink. No matter how you look at them or touch them, they break immediately. Oh, oh especially those promotional pens. 
when people, like if you were to get a sports scene pen and get the cheapest possible ones you can, and they last once and then you throw them in the garbage. Absolutely. Well, not, I'm not saying you would do that. I'm just saying, for instance. Oh, I probably would do it. <laughs> Ken, you know this, working with toxic people, even if it's part-time. Toxic people are toxic people. You don't even have to talk to them, and you know they're toxic because you just get this feeling. Get that stare. Yeah. Ken, you know this. Stuck on the tunnel, no matter what tunnel or bridge in Hampton Roads you're stuck on, it's late, it's rush hour, whether morning or afternoon, you're hungry, you're out of gas, and you have to go to the restroom. (laughs) Well, you know, enough said. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ken, what tees you off? I've got two for you, Greg. When your roommate or spouse or significant other doesn't screw the cap for the orange juice or any liquid on all the way. Then when you go to shake it, it ends up going all over everything. Oh, it doesn't yeah. even have to be off. It could just be a little off kilter. Um, and here's one that just drives me crazy. When you're eating with a group of people and the person next to you begins to tell a story, and maybe it's not that interesting, maybe they're going on too long, and others at the table begin to stop paying attention and talk amongst themselves, and you wind up being the only person still listening, and you're stuck because you'd be incredibly rude to to stop listening at that point. How about this last one? Going to a neutral party or an event, and you run into people that really you don't like or have to have small talk with. That's awkward. Uh, good to see you. All right. Let's move on with Sportsy. This segment is brought to you by Linda Matney Art Gallery. Go by and see John Lee Matney and the great staff right there where art comes alive in Williamsburg. Always great exhibits, great shows, excellent website as well, lindamatneygallery.com. Give them a call at 757-675-6627. And of course, they are on Facebook, Linda Matney Gallery. Fine art, exquisite art. Don't let art vanish in Williamsburg. Right there at Linda Matney Art Gallery, the premier art gallery in Hampton Roads in Virginia is the Linda Matney Art Gallery. They are on social media. And welcome back to Sports Team with Greg Picaveras. Glad you're with us on the Odyssey app and YouTube and wherever you get your podcast as well. It's a pleasure to talk to George McLean from the Marksman in Newport News. George, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Greg. Hope everything's going well so far. So tell us what's new in January. It's a brand new year, and of course, uh, the staff is always evolving. Well, we're uh, uh, off to a good start. Stock is uh, staying up. We're able to get most uh, things now of what we uh, what we want and what the customers want. Um, so anything that you want that we don't have in stock, it's uh, getting a little bit easier to uh, you know special uh, order and getting what you order. Where in the past. We had uh, you know some issues from manufacturers of uh, you know getting uh, the right uh, firearms out. They now seem to have increased their staffing levels and production levels back, uh, getting close to what they were you know, pre-COVID. So that uh, that helps us a lot. George was with the Marksman Firearms Training Center and Indoor Shooting Range at 520 Industrial Park Drive in Newport News, not too far from Yorktown. Phone number is eight seven two forty one thirty. Of course, you have to dial the area code first seven five seven. Google the Marksman, like them on Facebook. George, before we get into the meat and uh, potatoes of the uh, store, what's going on with the NRA right now? Well, I guess <laughs> quite a bit. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I, I think uh, you know some of the, the left wingers have kind of you know lowered the boom. Uh, so I know management is uh, is changing, and uh, that's somewhat to be uh, expected. They've been under quite a bit of pressure uh, for the last uh, several years. So I guess. 
a lot uh, coming to uh, fruition uh, for them. Uh, I, I think the takeaway is that you know everyone, especially if you're in the public eye, need to uh, make sure that you're doing everything uh, ethically uh, as ethically as possible, and uh, you're not withholding uh, you know any information. And you know it's you're going to have people looking at you, so they they need to make sure that they're walking straight and narrow. Absolutely. And of course, uh, you know, you talk about that, that's always evolving, but, uh, does it affect your store, um, in any way? Uh, not really. Uh, it, I mean, we're, you know, NRA is there, you know, for, for everybody, uh, you know, for us, you know, gun stores and, you know, uh, obviously, you know, gun owners. Uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm an NRA certified, uh, you know, instructor. We've got, uh, most of our instructors are NRA certified, so they they provide a, a good service. Uh, they're recognized by pretty much, I think, every state and union uh, as as far as their uh, academic you know program and certifying uh, uh, instructors. So you know, a lot of good uh, is is done. Where a lot of folks, uh, again, mostly on the left, don't realize you know that. And the whole thing is you know about you know firearm you know safety. And uh, so I, I would say you know, most people know you're not going to get a, get rid of firearms in this country. And, and you know, the biggest thing is, is to make sure that you know, gun owners are safe, are educated on the proper use of the firearm. Uh, and then that goes with you know, knowledge of your, your local your legal uh, system, whether that you know, the state that you live in or the locality. And they, uh, you know, they, they push all of that. Uh, so, you know, nothing really bad uh, to say, uh, again, as long as everyone's on the up and up. How important is it for people, do you recommend, as your staff recommend, for them to get to the range once they buy a gun for the first time? Well, it's like anything else. You know, if, if you buy a guitar and you don't practice it, you're never going to learn to play it. And you, know, you buy a firearm, and if you don't practice, that's that's you know, the same thing. You're never going to learn how to properly uh, use it. it. It's not uh, it's not so mechanical. It's a one time deal. It, it, that, you know, I can tell you, you know, this is the proper stance. You know, this is the proper you know, uh, hold you know, for the, the, the firearm, uh, and you simply you know uh, line this sight up with that and put it on the target and pull the trigger and boom you're an expert you know, it doesn't work like that it, it takes it takes practice it takes a proper instruction uh as anything else uh you know muscle memory is there but knowing those basics where you're you're going for uh you, you've got to keep that in the back of your head so if if, if you don't practice what you're you want to use as a tool if you don't practice it, if you ever need it, uh, you're going to be doing something wrong, which may cause you uh, great harm. So, you know, if you're, especially if you're carrying a firearm for self-defense, um, you know, most people, if you're doing just, you know, target shooting and you don't have a concealed permit and you're not carrying the firearm, even then you're target shooting to become, you know, good. You know, the goal is to get you know, those, uh, all your shots, you know, in that bullseye area where there's, there's a proper procedure to, to do that. And it will change somewhat uh, depending on the, the type of firearm, the size of the firearm, size of you, size of your hands that you were fitted with a proper firearm to start with. Uh, so it's it, it's not a, you know, you come in and buy a gun and, and shoot it. Yeah, 
people do that. I, I get it. That's mostly some of the bad folks um, and some that just don't fully understand what it uh, you know takes to be you know competent and responsible with a firearm. Absolutely. Talking to George McClain from the Marksman, Greg Bicaveras. Glad you're with us. Sports scene with Greg Bicaveras on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. George, you had a lot of um, great gifts during the holiday season that are in stock. Are they still available now? You know, some trinkets or little items people can buy to for their uh, firearms? Uh, pretty much. Uh, you know, accessories, uh, that's what's you know, mainly uh, you know, in, in the store. Uh, well stocked with firearms right now, but the accessories are, are, are you know, fully stocked. Uh, so you know, come in, you know, take a look. It's basically uh, you know, ladies. Uh, you're, you're looking for a uh, you know, pocketbook, uh, something you know, that you know, that's made for carrying your firearm. Uh, you know, we've got those in stock. Trinkets, like you say, some jewelry issues that's made from uh, shell casings and this type of thing. Uh, not something you're going to, you know, find at Walmart or, you know, something like that. So, you know, you know pop in, you know, kind of take a look around, see what we have. Uh, George Ken, our producer, has a question for you as well. Hey there, George. Sure. Hi, Ken. How good, you doing? Good, I'm good. Good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Um, I just became a uh, gun owner recently and took an introductory course, and I was surprised at the amount of recoil on a thirty eight. Um, how important is gun size as far as grip is concerned for maintaining control when you're shooting? Well, that's uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, having not you met you in person, I don't know how you know what what your size is, size of your hands. Uh, and, and this is when I when I say you know, the the proper fitment uh, and and what I was just saying before, uh, you need to. Everyone, you as well, but everyone needs to, you know, when, when you, you pick up a firearm or you're going to buy a firearm, but you want something that's going to fit your hand, and then keep in mind this, the heavier the gun, the less what I call perceived recoil, which is what you're going to actually feel, the less perceived recoil there is with a heavier gun. You buy a lighter gun and, and a larger caliber, you're going to have quite a bit of, of recoil. And this gets into uh, where we recommend, you know, don't go, you know, buying a firearm uh, where you've never shot. You're probably not going to be able to shoot the one that you're buying if it's a new firearm. Shops just don't do that. But we have several rentals. And so if you want to come in and, like, you you want to buy a 38, a 38 has got a pretty good deal you know, kick to it. That makes so a lot you of might sense. Wanna, yeah. So you may want to, sh- you know, go in and, and rent. Like at the Marksman, we've got, you know, 38 revolvers that, that, that you can rent. And then go in and, and shoot. May not be the exact same model 38 that you're wanting to purchase, but it's a 38, uh, and you can get like the snub nose up to the full size. And you're going to be able to tell the difference in the amount of recoil generated by the different size firearms. And with that experience, now you're better educated to go and, and choose a, a 38 uh, that you like, that is a, the amount of recoil that you can handle. Uh, that fits your hand. Uh, so this is what we recommend you know, to everybody, regardless of the caliber that you're buying. It could be a 380 F45, a 38, 357 Magnum, all the same thing. Uh, especially if you've never, you know, fired one before. You need to need to rent. Take just a few minutes, and then you, know, you don't have to go out and spend you know an hour on the range, but just uh, you know, go out and then squeeze off a few shots and see if you can handle that recoil. Women, for the most part, and and I don't. I mean to sexualize anything, but smaller guys, same thing. And I, I say women because you know most are, are smaller than most of the guys, and 
you know, the husband sometimes will come in with them and say, well, my wife wants to buy a 45. And I'm like, well, have you ever, has she ever shot a 45? Well, no. Well, then you don't really know. <laughs> No, if she wants a forty-five, and here's the thing: if if you get if you buy a firearm and you're not comfortable shooting it because of the recoil or whatever, you're not going to practice with it. And it goes back to the guitar example I just gave. If you don't practice with it, you're never going to learn it. You know, if it hurts you to shoot, guess what's going to happen to that gun? It's going to get tucked away someplace, and you're never going to become proficient because you don't like the gun because it hurts when you shoot. All right, George. Well, thank you, and thank you for talking to Ken and I both. And, of course, uh, you enlighten us, like always, each and every month at the Marksman Firearms Training Center and Indoor Shooting Range, open Monday through Saturday. Like them on Facebook. Go take a class. uh, Learn about it. The wonderful staff will greet you the minute you walk in, 757-872-4130. George, we look forward to talking to you in February. Stay safe. You too, my friend. Thank you so much. George McLean from the Marksman. Want to thank TGI Fridays in Chesapeake at 110 Volvo Parkway. Thomas and his great staff taking care of customers seven days a week in the most pleasing atmosphere. Excellent appetizers, salads, wings, ribs, burgers. There is something for everyone at TGI Fridays, 110 Volvo Parkway in Chesapeake. Give them a call at 757-549-6100. Open daily for your pleasure. Lunch, dinner, late night. It's at TGI Fridays in Chesapeake. Sakura Japanese Restaurant in Chesapeake is your destination for excellent Japanese food featuring fresh sushi and hot dishes prepared in the kitchen for lunch and dinner. Sakura is located at 1437 Sam's Drive at the Walmart Way Crossing. Oh Yummy Sushi is at the Renaissance Place at 401 North Great Neck Road in Virginia Beach. Both Sakura in Chesapeake and Oh Yummy Sushi in Virginia Beach are available with DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and Pickup. Tasty Japanese food the way you want it is at Sakura and Oh Yummy Sushi. A tradition of excellence for over 50 years is the Aberdeen Barn Steakhouse in Virginia Beach. Start your experience off with she crab soup, an assortment of appetizers such as the fried oyster, Rockefeller, crispy calamari, just to name a few. Aberdeen Barn has the finest premium steaks, prime rib, grilled tomahawk ribeye, seafood, chicken, pasta dishes, and live music in a most pleasing atmosphere. Open daily. Visit them at 5805 Northampton Boulevard in Virginia Beach. Call 464-1580 and log on to AberdeenBarn.net. Want to thank our guest today, Sports Scene with Greg Bicavaris, our January 2024 edition. Happy New Year to everyone. Want to thank our guests, Tony Lombardi and George McLean. For more, log on to GJBTV.com. Click the YouTube link on the homepage. Sports Scene with Greg Bicavaris is available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and social media. For Ken Carson, I'm Greg Bicavaris. We'll talk to you soon.